RTI Time Machine. Today's time traveler is... John Van Trieste. And the destination... The Pacific Rim. Here along the Pacific Rim, earthquakes have always been a part of life. The experience of earthquakes, from minor tremors to major disasters, is something Taiwan shares with its neighbors. A new exhibit at the National Museum of Taiwan History explores the seismic pasts of Taiwan and its neighbor, Japan. With the cooperation of the National Museum of Japanese History, the exhibit looks at major earthquakes of the past and examines the ways Taiwan and Japan have responded to them. Chen Yihong is a curator and researcher at the National Museum of Taiwan History. He's here with us today to walk us through the exhibit and give us a look back at how Taiwan's responses to earthquakes have changed over time. Every group of people that lives on Taiwan is keenly aware that the ground here shakes and rocks from time to time. But there are many different groups here, and so there is no one traditional view of what might be behind the moving ground. Still, Mr. Chen says, there are three general ideas traditionally found in human cultures around the world, and examples of all three can be found among various groups on Taiwan. He says the first category of earthquake story blames an animal for the shaking. Some groups of Taiwan's indigenous Atayal people once believed that earthquakes were caused by deer or bears. Meanwhile, among the Zhou people, there were beliefs that a crab, eel, mountain boar, or snake were to blame. He says the second kind of story, blaming earthquakes on gods or giants, was found among the Rukai and Paiwan people of southern Taiwan. And the Amis people of the east coast had a third common idea, that the world was delicately balanced on a giant pillar, and the slightest disturbance could send the whole thing wobbling. Ideas about earthquakes brought to Taiwan later by ethnic Chinese tended to fall into the same categories. But Mr. Chen says that these ideas are split among the beliefs of the elite and those of ordinary people. Officials dispatched to Taiwan might see the shaking as a sign of a cosmological imbalance between the forces of yin and yang. They might have also viewed an earthquake as a sign of heavenly displeasure. More ordinary people who cross the Taiwan Strait shared the idea that an earthquake might mean the gods were angry. But they also came up with some other explanations. One idea was that as an island, Taiwan must be floating around out there on the sea. Once in a while, it would be tossed around on the waves like a boat. One idea that stuck around is that the earth is held up by an ox, and that when it moves, the world shakes. The earth ox rolls over is one colorful expression that Taiwan's media still uses to liven up the headlines every time a decent-sized quake hits. What kinds of sources do historians have to work with when researching earthquakes that happened here before the 20th century? Three types of local sources provide the bulk of information. From 1683 to 1895, large areas of Taiwan were ruled as part of China's Qing Dynasty Empire. 
The first major kind of source comes in the form of letters and reports sent from the Empire's officials here to higher-ups back on the mainland. The second source is county gazetteers, surveys of local geography and history commissioned by local governments. And then there is a third source, temples. Over the years, many a Taiwanese temple has been flattened by earthquakes and then rebuilt. At some old temples, there are stone slabs with inscriptions that record details of the temple's past destruction and commemorate its rebuilding. Occasionally, these sources paint a grim picture. In 1862, a major earthquake struck the southern city of Tainan, where the Museum of History is located. Officials there counted at least 1,700 dead and 8,000 houses destroyed. It was the deadliest earthquake to hit Taiwan before the 20th century. Meanwhile, to the north, Japan had its own ancient records of devastation. Japan's inclusion in this exhibit gives us something to compare Taiwan's experience against. But Japan is also a key player in Taiwan's seismic history. That's because in 1895, Japan took control of Taiwan. The 50 years of Japanese rule that followed brought big changes in earthquake preparedness to the island. Traditional architecture made with earthen bricks fared poorly once the ground began to shake. In 1906, an earthquake that tore through the Jai area proved this point. But this early stage of colonization was also the time when Japan undertook big urban planning projects in Taiwan cities. These widened streets and added evacuation areas like parks. Mr. Chen says that during Japanese rule, the authorities also brought the organization and resources of a modern nation-state to bear. In time, Taiwan would have disciplined military, police, and youth corps units, all ready to help with disaster relief. Mr. Chen says that in colonial Taiwan, the importance of preparedness and organization were lessons that sunk in deeply after the massive Great Kanto earthquake of 1923 hit Tokyo. This organization paid off. In 1935, an earthquake ripped through the northern Taiwanese city of Xinzhou, causing devastation down into central Taiwan. It was the deadliest earthquake ever recorded in Taiwan, with a death toll of over 3,000. Still, Mr. Chen says, the system in place to respond to an earthquake sprang into action. The earthquake struck in April, but by July, a new urban plan of Xinzhou had already been drawn up. The end of World War II in 1945 also marked the end of Japanese rule on Taiwan. The early post-war period brought several noteworthy earthquakes, but from the 1960s through the 1990s, things were relatively calm. Then, on September 21, 1999, a catastrophic earthquake battered central Taiwan, leaving over 2,000 dead. In the aftermath of this earthquake, the legislature passed the Disaster Prevention and Protection Act, the first law of its kind in Taiwan. There was a change in Taiwan's civil society too, 
with NGOs beginning to play a greater role in disaster relief. These private groups have continued to supplement the government's relief efforts. Mr. Chen says that in more recent years, there's been another trend. Preserving memories and reminders of earthquakes, especially the belongings of survivors, as a means of psychological rebuilding. This is a difficult concept, but it seems there's something about finding objects that were thought lost and acknowledging past traumas that helps in moving forward. Mr. Chen says this psychological side of things has often been overlooked in the past, but not in this exhibit. In February last year, the History Museum's hometown of Tainan was hit by another major earthquake. Many of the victims were killed when their poorly built apartment complex collapsed. As part of this move towards psychological rebuilding, the stories of those who survived the collapse have been incorporated into this exhibit. Some personal belongings are included in the displays as well. Mr. Chen says that some of these survivors joined his colleagues for the exhibit's opening ceremony. He says they expressed gratitude that things they might have thought lost have been found and kept safe. Through a parallel look at the history of earthquakes in Taiwan and Japan, it's clear that the shaking can't be stopped. But both Taiwan and Japan have built up a deep resilience in the face of disaster. And with safer buildings and better preparedness, the two societies continue living with the shaking earth. The exhibit, In the Same Seismic Zone, Earthquake Disasters of Taiwan and Japan in History, runs through December 3rd. I'm John Van Trieste, and I hope you'll join me again next